Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas, and welcome to another edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Kerry Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Sorghum farmers in the Texas High Plains are waiting their turn to begin planting, but it seems certain producers here will be contributing to that big increase in sorghum acres expected nationwide. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. This is National Agronomy Week, and an opportunity to raise FFA scholarship funds for agronomy students. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. After a wet, dreary winter, we get anxious about our warm season perennial pastures and hay meadows. We are going to talk about the right time to fertilize our warm season pastures and hay meadows. I'm Dr. Vanessa Olson from Overton. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas farmers and ranchers can once again sign up for the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program. Jessica Domel has more. The Farm Service Agency stopped accepting applications for CFAP2 at the beginning of the year so the new administration could assess the program and make changes to how the U.S. Department of Agriculture assists farmers and ranchers. Those changes include reopening CFAP2 sign-up and additional payments for cattle and row crop producers. A new initiative called Pandemic Assistance for Producers was also launched. At least $6 billion will be dedicated to new programs to reach a broad set of producers through the initiative, according to USDA. CFAP is part of that initiative. Sign-up for CFAP2 is underway again and will continue for at least 60 days. You can apply or modify your application on farmers.gov backslash CFAP. You can also visit your local FSA office. Call ahead as appointments may be required. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Texas farmers are making good progress with spring planting, according to the latest Texas Crop Progress and Condition Report. Two crops have now reached the halfway point. The Texas rice crop is now 59% planted, and corn is now 55% planted. Sorghum is not quite at that halfway mark yet. We see 46% of the Texas sorghum crop now in the ground. And the cotton planters have now been rolling. 10% of the Texas cotton crop now planted according to that report. All four of those crops are either at or ahead of the five-year average pace. Texas farmers are expected to plant more sorghum acres this year. James Hunt reports from the Panhandle. 
an 18% increase in sorghum acres nationwide. That's what the Perspective Plantings Report has forecast, and when you're in the business of promoting sorghum, you have to like seeing those USDA numbers. But Brent Bean of the Sorghum Checkoff says the really good thing is this growth should be manageable. I think there'll be enough seed out there to meet that demand. To be honest, we were concerned if we got into that 25% increase, the seed was going to be really in short supply. But, you know, I think that uh, 18%, I think we can handle that pretty well. We're probably at least a month or more away from when planting really gets going here, but Dr. Bean is confident we will see increased sorghum planting in the Texas High Plains. For one thing, prices for grain sorghum remain strong, and our current weather pattern also helps make the case for sorghum. With the dry weather drought situation, we still basically have south of Amarillo, uh, south and west particularly between here and Lubbock. It's going to be tough this year if, if things continue, and grain sorghum typically you know, fits pretty well. In that environment, we're, we're just looking at drought, and so I think we're certainly going to see some increased acres there. And then I'm hearing more and more talk about people planting sorghum in combination maybe with corn under a pivot or cotton under a pivot. So I think we'll see more of that too, especially north Amarillo on those acres. Any advice for area farmers? Well, Dr. Bean says since moisture may continue to be a concern, have things ready to go when the opportunity does come. We can't plant sorghum dry, dusted in as they say, but well, I don't like to do that if I can avoid it. So just kind of be ready, be prepared, and we get the moisture. And especially if you're in that window of May 15th, around June 10th, June 15th, be ready to plant. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. This is National Agronomy Week. Tom Nicoletti has more. Agronomy Week, April 5th through the 9th, is saluting agronomic professionals who play a key role in supporting farmer success. To talk more about this week, we go to St. Louis and catch up with Pete Eitenbrook. He is uh, with DeKalb Asgrow Delta Pine Seed Brands Lead. And Pete, uh, tell us more about Agronomy Week and uh, who's involved and uh, who should be uh, honored uh, by this week. Thanks, Tom. As you mentioned, Agronomy Week is a, an industry-wide salute uh, that DeKalb Asgrow Delta Pine started uh, five years ago. Um, and we really use Agronomy Week to take the opportunity to show our gratitude towards those agronomists your seed dealers, your university extension folks, you know, really anybody that, that serves in that supporting role as part of the team that help farmers make decisions throughout the year uh, to really drive success uh, of their crops each year in and year out. Now, Pete, this year, uh, there's a couple of new features of Agronomy Week. Uh, talk about a scholarship program and uh, what culminates from that. We're, we're getting into the TV business for, for one night and one night only. Uh, DeKalb, Asgro, and Delta Pine will be hosting a live television event on RFD TV from 9 to 11 p.m. Central Time on Thursday, April 8th. And we're calling that event the Agronathon. And so during the Agronathon, in addition to some entertainment content and some educational content, we'll provide growers the opportunity to call in and have their agronomy questions answered live on air uh, by some of our tech agronomist. And so great opportunity for folks to tune in, get some information, get their questions answered. And the really cool part about it is in addition to all that, for every question that's answered live during the Agronathon, the Calabasco and Delta Pine will donate $100 to FFA scholarships for agronomy students. Additionally, throughout the week, I mean, if folks don't get a chance to call in and have their uh, questions answered live on the air, folks can use uh, their social media outlets. Uh, they can jump on Facebook, 
Twitter or Instagram and use the hashtag Agronathon to submit their questions. And for every question that's submitted online, we'll contribute an additional $10 to those FFA scholarships. So great opportunity to uh, take some focus on those folks, provide recognition, get some of your questions answered, and have the added benefit of contributing to a great cause like FFA. For more information about Agronomy Week, uh, Pete, what can people do? Folks should visit agronomyweek.com. Really look forward to the opportunity we have not only to provide recognition and gratitude, but also fuel the future of agriculture. That again is Pete Eitenbrook. He is with DeKalb Asgro Delta Pine. He is Seed Brands Lead. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. With winter behind us and spring pastures greening up, when is the correct time to put out pasture fertilizer? Dr. Vanessa Olson has the answer from East Texas. First and foremost, soil test. If you have not done so for this year, please consider obtaining a soil test now. The soil test is the first step in efficient fertilizer use and improved forage production. Samples should be collected annually for hay meadows and every two to three years for pastures. For soil test forms and bags, contact your local county extension office. Warm season perennial grasses, such as bahia grass or bermuda grass, green up when nighttime temperatures remain above 60 degrees Fahrenheit for several days in the spring and soil temperatures reach 65 degrees at the 4-inch depth. For Bermuda grass or bahia grass, to utilize any fertilizer, it should be applied after green-up and as active growth begins. Applying any fertilizer prior to this results in the utilization of nutrients by any volunteer ryegrass and or any cool-season broadleaf weeds. Usually, the most limiting nutrient in Bermuda grass production is nitrogen. Nitrogen is vital to plants for optimum growth. Deficiencies of nitrogen appear as pale green color in the plants, very poor growth and yield, and low protein. The optimum nitrogen rate for a situation is dependent upon a producer's goal. Bermuda grass removes relatively large amounts of phosphate and potash when harvested for hay. Bermuda grass hay removes 14 pounds of phosphate and 42 pounds of potash per ton of hay. Phosphorus is vital for developing a healthy root system and reaching optimum yield. Potassium is essential in plants to combat diseases and aid in water use efficiency. Deficiencies of potassium can cause both yield losses and stand losses. Bermuda grass is especially sensitive to potassium deficiencies. Many producers have lost Bermuda grass fields as a result of a potassium deficiency. Levels of nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium applied should be based on soil test recommendations as well as match farm goals. This is Dr. Vanessa Olson reporting from East Texas with Texas Ag Today. Texas high school students have the opportunity to spend part of their summer learning from wildlife and conservation specialists. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And we still have some spring calves hitting the ground, and there's a new technique that may help you save more of those calves. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd will tell you all about it coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. 
Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. There is a new technique that might help you to save more newborn calves, especially those that just have a hard time getting going. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has the details. Many years ago, Dr. John Madigan developed a technique for treating newborn foals that were depressed and inactive, and this method has become known as the Madigan Squeeze Method. Now, the method is being used in newborn calves that are depressed and not alert and seems to be effective. Dr. Madigan believes that passing through the birth canal squeezes the animal and causes hormones to be produced that decrease inhibitory hormones that keep animals calm while still in the mother. However, sometimes this does not happen, and additional squeezing after birth may be effective in waking these newborn animals up. Dr. Cassie Fall from Virginia indicates at Bovine Vet Online that she has had success using the squeeze technique in calves, and this is a skill you can perform on the ranch with newborn calves. You can search for Madigan squeeze technique on the internet, and there are multiple videos showing the procedure in foals, and the procedure in calves is basically the same. The procedure consists of wrapping a long, soft cotton rope in three concentric loops around the calf's chest to create pressure on the ribs. The calf will usually lie down and enter a sleep-like state, and you will want to maintain the rope pressure for 20 minutes and then remove the rope and allow the calf to get up. So if you have calves that are born healthy but do not appear to be rising and nursing as quickly as expected, try the Madigan Calf Squeeze method. There are no side effects or complications, and you may find that this procedure helps some of these depressed calves to wake up and nurse more aggressively. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas high school students have the opportunity to spend part of their summer learning from wildlife and conservation specialists. Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report. Registration is now underway for the Texas chapter of the Wildlife Society's annual Wildlife Conservation Camp. This year's camp will be held July 10th through the 14th at the Welder Wildlife Foundation in Sinton. Angie Arredondo, camp director, says the camp is a wonderful opportunity for high school students to engage in hands-on outdoor activities this summer. Camp is designed for high school freshmen through seniors or just graduated seniors who have not started their first semester of college. So those students come to camp and they learn from wildlife biologists, consultants, academic researchers, university faculty, landowners, and a lot more natural resource professionals just to see the daily lives of those professionals. They can learn techniques from small mammal trapping, mist netting, radio telemetry, vegetation sampling, as well as maybe some management techniques such as prescribed burning, grazing systems, uh, just to name a few. Campers will also study wildlife and plant identification, conservation ethics and land stewardship, predator-prey dynamics, fishing, hunter safety, shooting sports, and more. Arredondo says they're excited to be able to host the camp this year after having to cancel last year. We were all definitely sad that we did have to cancel camp, but, you know, we did it with the best intentions for everyone's safety. But we're definitely excited to have kids back out here learning with us. 
Camp applications are due by May 1st. New campers must submit a letter of nomination and a student application. Cost is $250 and includes housing and meals. Details are available at wildlifecamptx.org. That is wildlifecamptx.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel. The optimism continues in the cattle market. Another higher close for both live and feeder cattle futures. And that extended into the cotton and grain markets. We'll take a look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Truck drivers, if you're stuck on a railroad crossing, don't just sit there. It takes a freight train more than a mile to stop, even in an emergency. So by the time you hear this, it could be too late to save your truck and maybe your license or your life. Instead, immediately get out of your truck, away from the tracks, and call the number on the emergency sign at the crossing. That gives the railroad a chance to stop trains before they get to you. Always call the emergency number. It could save your truck, your license, and your life. Go to OLI.org for info. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. While the optimism continues in the cattle futures market, Fed cattle futures now in the mid-120s. We wrapped up on Wednesday with April live cattle up 42 cents, 123.15. The June up 65, 125.27. August live cattle up 70 cents at 124.12. Feeder cattle finishing the day higher. April feeders up $1.15, 147.62. May feeder cattle up 90, 152.67. The August up 92 cents at 161.87. Cash-fed cattle market picked up well on Wednesday. We saw sales out in the country here in Texas as well as Oklahoma and Kansas for 120. That's 350 higher than a week ago. So nice optimism spilling over into the cash market finally. We also had the online fed cattle exchange on Wednesday. Much larger than usual numbers of cattle listed and sold in the online exchange. Here in Texas, we had 1,277 heads sold. They brought 120 to 121. Boxed beef prices adding to this mix. They're continuing to climb higher. Choice up another 255 at 265.32. Select was up 301 at 254.31. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Well, one of the things we do here on Walking the Pins is remind you of good consignments coming to regional livestock auctions. The good folks at Milam County Livestock, Kenny Mingus and family, have a special group of consignments coming this week. Kenny, tell us about that Friday sale coming. Well, we got several drags of cows this week. I don't know if you'd call it a special or replacement female sale, but I've got about three or four sellout deals. Got about 100 cows coming from one guy. Most of the cows are going to be six and younger. Be some Angus, Angus Plus cows be some red ball face cows, be some oaky cows on them. Uh, got a really good set of semi-angus calves. 
on them could be some three and ones, some with some small calves, and some be heavy bred. So complete herd sell out of those. Another guy's got about 30 little Angus type cows on those. They're going to be all pairs, be kind of five and down. Got a couple of really good Charlotte bulls coming, one good Brahmin bull. Got some open heifers, uh, be some Brayford top heifers, some Angus heifers, be ready for a bull. Another guy called me with about, he didn't really know, could be 20 to 50, mostly Brangus heifers, some pairs, mostly heavy breads, red to low birth weight black bulls, and there's lots of stuff coming this week. Coming Friday to the sale, what time will y'all start there at Milam County and Cameron? We're going to start at 11 on Friday, and yes, it will be in conjunction with our regular sale. And uh, probably going to sell the pack of cows and bulls first, and then go right into the, the younger pairs and bred cows and things like that. We'll tell everybody uh, how to get a hold of you. You bet. Just catch us around the office Monday through Wednesday at 254-697-6697 from about 9 to 3. Follow us on our webpage page at MilamCountyLivestockAuction.com or catch us on Facebook. We will have pictures of these uh, replacement females posted on the websites or on Facebook. So so follow us there and take a look at them and come see us Friday. We'll sure do it. Kenny, we'll talk to you one more time before the sale. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you, Larry, and have a great week. Neighbor, that's it for Walking the Pins, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. I've been your host. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs closed higher. April up 77 cents, 102.87. May hogs up $1.80 at 104.45. Class 3 milk was higher. April milk up a nickel, 1750 a hundred weight. May milk up 44 cents, 1907. The cotton market traded both sides of the market Wednesday. We ended up closing slightly higher. A lot of traders have been on the sidelines this week waiting on a couple of key reports. First is Thursday morning's USDA export sales report. Then on Friday, we have the April supply and demand report. We ended up closing with May cotton up 28 points, 79.50. July cotton up 37, 80, 84. The December contract up 63 at 80.04 cents a pound. The wheat market closed higher. Some bullish news in the market right now on dry weather concerns in spring wheat areas. We ended up closing higher with July Kansas City wheat up eight cents, five seventy a bushel. July Chicago wheat up three and a quarter at six sixteen a bushel. The corn market finishing higher. May contract up six and a quarter, five sixty at a half. September corn up a penny, four ninety nine and a quarter. December corn up two and a quarter, four eighty five and a half. In the energy markets, May natural gas up a nickel, two fifty one. May crude oil up twenty one cents, fifty nine fifty four a barrel. The financial markets mixed. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down twenty two points, thirty three thousand four oh eight. The Nasdaq down twenty four at thirteen thousand six seventy four. The S&P 500 up two points at 4,076. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up another edition of Texas Ag Today. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Be sure to check us out next time. We'll bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.